Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Blanche J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. I've been talking, and if, you, if you're listening on Urban One or our new affiliate out in Orlando, you see that we've been running these promos for The Cook's Nook. And The Cook's Nook is a new partner of, of the show. We work with U.S. Hunger, my man Rick Witted. We have a really good relationship with Farmbox RX. Social determinants of health is so important to the Lance Day Radio Network. And... Having the Cook's Nook as a, a member of the team and, and working with them, what the Cook's Nook does, they, I like to say that they have a great, uh, they're, they're a part of a one-two punch in my opinion. Uh, we have so many groups that are, that are focused on food insufficiency. And the Cook's Nook, instead of doing the large produce boxes, they have these fantastic meals. It's almost, if you're listening out there, it's kind of like going to Panera without having to deal with, with the long wait in lines and and the and the person um, at the at the at the takeout that's taking twenty minutes to to get you your your sandwich your your um, your tuna sandwich or your chicken salad sandwich. So I wanted to bring in their CEO Joy Chevalier, and Joy has such an she has such an amazing background and and she's lived she's she's lived like two or three lives already she's one of those people that's that's, that's well, really you. that's really lapping <laughs> the field and and what she does it's very rare that, that you have a ceo that that is an actual uh, legitimate chef now all of us at home in our kitchens especially during the pandemic we're trying to figure out how we can how we can how we can become chefs and and we're we're working with various concoctions but but joy is a literal chef but she's also a phenomenal CEO and businesswoman and advocate for the underserved and advocate for the African-American community. So I wanted to have Joy on the show. It's, it's, it's really a, a big deal to be able to get her to come on the show and launch what we're doing with, uh, with the Cook's Nook. So it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Joy. Uh, thank, thank you so much you. for coming I'm really on glad to be here. Network. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really great to have you. Thank you. I was just saying it's just it's really a delight to be with you today and, and, and everyone. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. So tell us a little bit about before we start talking about your company mm-hmm. and your background. Um, I, one, of, one of the reasons that, that I wanted to partner with with your team and, and your media group that, that supports you is because we really need individuals that understand SDOH to be a part of the mm-hmm. show. So it's not just about uh, helping to to expand and 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 really reach out to some of the large MA, MA plans like the Blues mm-hmm. and the Signas of the world and Uniteds and Anthems of the world, but it's actually mm-hmm. about having access to you and, and people on your team that really understand SDOH and its importance in communities, not just in Austin where you're located, but but all over the United States of America. Tell us, Joy, in your words, what does food insufficiency mean? Sure. So to to your point, you know, um, in order to have uh, healthy communities, a healthy country, 
you have to, it's almost like having building blocks, right? You, in order to have healthy communities, you have to have healthy households. In those households, you have healthy, you have to have healthy individuals. And in order to, to do that, instead of coming top down, like I just did, you know, um, I think what we're seeing is that there's real value in going uh, from the individual uh, out, right? Um, that the individuals in the household or however the household is managed, if they can um, access food, access quality food, access quality food with choices um, that can change in enough supply that can change the health outcomes for the individual and for the household. And then when you talk about SDOH, what else is needed for that, that healthy household? Well, we mentioned some of them sort of as corollaries in what I just said, right? Part of that is transportation. Mm. Part, of that, part of that is uh, having a choice. Part of that is having access to uh, the supportive healthcare that helps them know, you know, what kinds of foods, what kinds of things they need to, they need to consume. And I think what we're seeing is that and hopefully, you know, I think companies are seeing that and particularly in the space, they're realizing that these other issues, um, Leighton and that was also housing, right? In that description I just gave, um, they're realizing that, yes, they're focused, their business is focused in a particular area or aspect, but it doesn't work in a vacuum by itself. That there are other key factors that have to be there around that person part of that household in order to make it helpful to even get their programming to work well you need the other parts right we can have all this beautiful food just like we do but when people have no access and they don't have transportation mm. um, they don't have uh housing um they don't have steady supply then you know the core food doesn't have much meaning it won't have much effect you need those other pieces in order for your part no, that's a that that that's a a great start. Joe, I'm curious. Tell us about uh, the Cooks Nook. How did you get into this business? Because you guys are are for profit, and there are a lot of non profits that are in this business. What is the difference between what you're doing? Although you're a for profit, how do for profits still create that community impact? You're talking about a lot of really serious, hard hitting issues um, uh, about getting beyond just food itself but we we talk we use the phrase food is medicine in the industry yeah. and but but you have to have transportation you know they're 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 pharmacy deserts you have to be able to get to a pharmacy I mean, if you're looking at right. the whole profile of a member someone that's fighting chronic illness you need green spaces to exercise and get fresh air yep. i mean there's so many things you need if if you if you're a diabetic or, or you're someone that's on a monitoring device you need access to the internet you can't you internet. can't monitor yep. the insulin if you don't have internet access tell us how your organization got into this business and how as a for-profit you're still building the communities up that you serve sure so um, you know, our, our business sort of began as one that focused on developing entrepreneurs and it was entrepreneurs in the food space. And, you know, what does it take for an entrepreneur to come to market? Um, as you mentioned, I had another life where I spent 18 years as a global sort of product strategist and, and, and product manager. So I'm always bringing new products, uh, you know, to market. Um, but what does it mean for entrepreneurs to do that and entrepreneurs in food when I decided to leave technology per se? And as we sort of developed entrepreneurs and many of them have products that people 
might actually enjoy right now. You guys might be enjoying them. They're uh, in stores uh, locally here in Central Texas, but also some are, have gone national. The, the food always comes out, especially entrepreneurial food, always comes out of a need. And, and a good chunk of the time, it's actually a need for health. It's, it's they didn't see something on a store shelf or they couldn't access something, so they created it, right? Uh, for themselves, for their family, for their own maybe potential, you know, health or disease state. And realizing that food was coming out of communities and out of entrepreneurs in that way, you know, when COVID uh, began, you know, one of the things we sort of realized that, 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 that in the same way that entrepreneurs think about, I'm solving my own health problem by creating this product and then bringing it out to market, we sort of thought, wow, there's going to be a whole bunch of new people um, who due to COVID and the early lockdowns and the way things worked, they won't ha have even further access to food. And you'll have more and new people who are trying to come into a system to access food and, and they don't know how. They've never been right. in that system, right? I'm, I'm very so, curious if I could jump in. You talked yeah. about COVID and sure. COVID has obviously been the dominant, will be the dominant uh, story of this decade, if not right. this century. Um, this right. is the, the way so many of us during COVID there's so many people that became food insufficient. There's so many people whose illnesses well, were exacerbated it. by COVID. There's exactly. so many people who have new illnesses because they weren't getting out. So now they're, they're dealing with depression. Maybe they had early stages of, uh, you know, the typical frequent flyers, the hypertension, the diabetes, yep. but now they haven't been a doctor to a year and a half. So, so it's gotten even worse. Um, right. I even have, see, I even personally numbers, had some numbers support that. Yeah. I even personally had some, some wisdom teeth work that I had to, to, to push back. And now I'm feeling the pain of, of, mm. of, of not getting those wisdom teeth uh, taken yeah. out. So COVID has changed so much. How, how did that impact the cook's nook and your constituents? Because obviously uh, there's, there's much more need for, yes. for food. Well, that's exactly it. We saw that, that need rising and amongst those who already participated in um, or who already were food insecure, but now we were introducing an entirely new population to food insecurity, right? Um, and so we outlined these populations. They were not just those who were already food insecure, but those who were caregiving, um, who now, you know, for what little they could try to get access to food for someone else on someone else's behalf, they were even further restricted. Those in recovery, just as you you mentioned, mm. those with particular uh, health conditions that suddenly didn't have have access um, or decreased access, and so as we outlined these populations, we sort of realized there's going to be a need for new products, new new food, and access to that food. And what is the easiest way to get access to that food? It's through those organizations who are already in those communities, in those populations, even further right? Deeply so. So you almost do targeting, right? You can say, um, this is an organization that works with mothers, uh, mm. you know, uh, post-delivery, uh, post, uh, post mm. right? They have particular food needs. And there are people in the community who already know that and work with them, right? And so not reinventing the wheel, we just, we realized that what was in shelf stable boxes, like from a local food bank, was not sufficient. People still need fresh prepared food, wow. right? Um, and so that's exactly the product we decided to work on and bring to market that could be used by organizations in the community um, 
or others, right? Doesn't doesn't really matter who who had this need for high quality accessible food, um, you know, that would support their households and support how they are trying to to live or change their lifestyles, right? And so that's what we did. So we ended up having uh, meals that were, you know, your traditional meals, but they were still healthful. You know, we really looked right. at the USDA guidelines and what did that looked like. Then we started having vegetarian meals, uh, plant forward meals, plant, uh, plant. I love the meals. vegetarian meals. It's, uh, I know. I come from a family full of vegetarians. I am yeah. not a vegetarian because I, yeah. I, I went, I went to boarding school in Philadelphia and got my first piece of a, a Geno's cheesesteak. And that and was it. Never, and have never been right since. But you know, as we get older, it's it's funny. You see, you see people getting into vegetarianism after they have quadruple bypass surgery or after right. they have you know serious complications from diabetes, and you right. see people getting into the vegetarian lifestyle and getting better. You know, putting that oh, good absolutely. food into your body, reversing chronic illness. And it's funny the people that I consult for on the ACO provider side people are really starting to to use as opposed to the typical cms star ratings which is putting people on statins putting people Mm -hmm. in a cocktail of drugs people are going vegan and vegetarian and seeing phenomenal results and and the fact that you have um food that reflects that and reflects those that are in that have renal uh, insufficiency and stuff like that that, that's that's really phenomenal in my opinion what we're gonna do so this is joy chevalier we're we're gonna cut to our first break and we'll be back because I have a I have a I have a lot of questions to ask her because she's a Renaissance woman. I mean, there's no way I'm gonna let her come in here and not talk about how she flipped from being an executive into being a chef because I don't I've interviewed a lot of people, but I've never interviewed anyone that's been on that path. We'll be back more to Lance J Show after these messages. Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studios. Studios. Yo, this is your boy Lance J, a.k.a. the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, a.k.a. the Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wall Street. Listen to me weekdays now at 11 a.m. on WOL 95.9 FM in the DMV, brought to you by our partners at Episource, the nation's leader in healthcare analytics and strategic support for Medicare risk adjustment programs. <laughs> 